This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice. Hi there. I'm Ron Bonacci, Vice President of Advertising and Marketing for Wise Markets. And what I love about the grocery industry is I started when I was a teenager as a bagger. And you know, no one ever goes to aspire to work in the grocery industry, especially in a grocery store. But I'll tell you what, once it gets in your blood and you start, you start working at it every day and you're meeting customers, it, it is what a way to know. Because that store manager in those early days, he or she was the center of the community. And that that caught my eye way back when. Um, And how else could you ever want to be in the grocery industry but make an impact in the community? You're listening to Grocery is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the food and grocery industries. Recorded on location. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Mark Rako. We're on location in San Diego, California at the National Grocers Association NGA Expo 2020. Uh, very excited to be here. And uh, with me is my guest co-host, Mr. Sterling Hawkins, the co-founder of CART, the Center for Advancing Retail and Technology. Hey, hey, Sterling. Hey, Mark. Great to be here with you. Yeah, great to have you on the mic, man. Uh, uh, my, my wingman today on, on this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. And, uh, of course, uh, Ron, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Mark. Very much glad to be here. All right. I, I'd love to uh, start out with this question. Uh, you're here at NGA, uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of the thing. there's such a wide range of things at an expo like this. There's, there's actual product. There's CPG. There's... Uh, uh, e-commerce there's pos systems there's you name it there i even saw stuffed animals over there uh my my question is is when you come to something like this not even about nga specifically but when you come to something like this what kind of a mission do you have here that's going to help you advance your business other than the people you're going to meet that somehow you can have strategic partners or whatever what what do you need to take away from something like this that can help you grow i I'm a retailer, obviously, so I think that any retailer really ought to look at the NGA or any of these type conferences as a learning experience. Everything that goes on in our industry is touched here in some fashion, whether you're a single store or you're a 200-store chain like we are. But the idea is you know, what's new, what's exciting, what's going on. Change is inevitable, and if you don't keep up with change, it's going to bypass you. And you may not be around if, if you're not evaluating what, what's taking place and around you, whether it's to learn what's, what works or what's not working. All of those you have to take into account, uh, whether it's the CPGs you want to look at and what products they're offering, or you want to look at what technology is offering, or what digital social media platform out there. And you know, when when you look back in the grocery industry, uh, I came from Kroger's in my original, so one of the largest grocery chains in America. But then Walmart's happened across the country, and all of a sudden it changed the entire landscape and footprint and how we had to go to market. And we had to rethink everything. In the recent time, we have Amazon now. Amazon's changed the whole landscape of the grocery industry. And if you don't keep up with technology, you don't keep up with what's going on in the marketplace, you may be the company that perishes. And you don't want to be in that, in that world. No. So the idea is to stay abreast, stay local, stay communicated, and know what's going on. Now, a company like yours that has 200 stores, you don't do that in six months. It's obviously been a good number of years that the company has grown. How long has that been? 
Uh, we're 200 year. We started in 1912. We have a 108 year old legacy. So wow. uh, the uh, Wise family, we're in third generation now. And uh, one of the wonderful things is that the uh, owner, Jonathan Wise, is totally integrated into the company, very supportive of all of the team members, and just wants to see us continue to grow. And we've been very successful with that. And clearly he's been open to change. You have to be open to it to survive yeah. in, a, in today's climate, uh, uh, of course. And you guys have such a great legacy. How do you bring all the learnings at a show like this back to the headquarters to share with the rest of the team? Any best practices or thoughts there? Because that's something I've always struggled with. Is there's so much here. How do you bring it back to socialize it with the rest of the team? One of the great things about this company is there's like kind of a decompression time. Yeah. So once you get back, they want us to come back and meet with our peers and or uh, other other parts of the company and kind of say, what did we see new? What was exciting? Any changes? Anything mm. that you saw was an opportunity that we really need to explore. So even though I'm, I'm walking this floor and I'm meeting with companies that I have no business to be because they're a product oriented or they're technology oriented that I don't necessarily need for, for my department. But I'm taking that back as a communication to say, hey, look at this. There may be something that would be applicable to what we're doing and working on. Yeah. So you do that as a formal process, Ron, or it's just kind of you get back and you share some cards and you have some conversations? Or do you have a maybe a meeting that you call? Uh, it's both. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'll meet one-on-one -on -one with my peers and other of the, the uh enterprise of the uh, associates and the team but then my yeah. team i'll do a deep com decompression totally go over every aspect of my department that i would see that hey i saw this and we saw this and here's a brochure here's information and then yeah. we'll do a kind of a roundtable discussion does it does it make any sense or practicality for us to say hey this, we should further explore that you know and it doesn't matter if it's a pos technology or a product if it can make some sense mm -hmm. to our company real time we really ought to explore You're looking that. at all of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. When you're here, obviously, as we've discussed, it's a learning opportunity. It's a scouting opportunity. But are you also here seeking, rather than uh, discovering solutions or new ways of thinking about things, do you also have missions coming to something like this that that are, are um, strategic partnerships or, or growth opportunities for your organization that, that you come to something like this to try to foster or to have meetings that can be a part of expanding the chain? I think it's twofold. First of all, it's to create relationships and communications with other CP, not, not CPGs, but retailers like us, whether it's a one-store chain or multiple store chains, because there's some there's some peer-to-peer communications that can add value, whether it's creating a share group or there's something of learnings from them, you know, whether even they're here on the West Coast and we're on the East Coast, doesn't matter. But where they have some learnings and they're doing something, we want to, we want to share that insight because we're all competing in the big world against the Amazons and the Walmarts of this world. So we got to learn that. Second of all, I, I, I look at that and I take a complete list. of. If I could show you my book, you'd be shocked. Uh, we, we put together a three-ring binder of every retailer that's, that's out here that we might want to look at or talk to. We also put a look of every... Uh, one's out here on the display floor of who I want to go see and talk to because there may be a solution provider out here. And I'll give you one example. All these new bags so that you can see around here, there's probably 10 solutions sitting in this room. Um, the uh, California, New York, and so forth have, have eliminated plastic bags. All of a sudden, we got to jump on how do, we, how do we create a recyclable bag, reusable bags, and make sure that we're, we're seamless in that industry? Because March 3rd, or first, I mean, New York is banning plastic bags. 
we got to be ready, prepared, and have that solution in place. So I've already met with three mm-hmm. bag vendors. Wow, have that's coming been, right uh, up, too. Yeah, have <laughs> you been looking at, I'm just curious, have you been looking at net, netting as a bag? That's funny you say that because I just saw one in it that has oh, a netting yeah. for, especially in the produce cycle, that's rewashable. It's kind of cool. I'm just thinking because the actual amount of material is less. Yeah. So I'm thinking that, yeah. you know, you, you can, you, there's even an opportunity as a retailer, I would think, to say, hey, we, we contribute less, you know, yeah. material into the world because we're doing it this way or without a doubt. Um, and I, as you know, with all the new laws, standards with wages and where they're going and that kind of stuff. And, and with the uh, opportunity of not having enough employees in all of your stores, uh, we call them associates in our mm-hmm. area. Um, you don't have enough. So now you have to look at technology mm-hmm. and ways to go to market that that's sustainable, yeah. that, that you can meet that consumer's yeah. needs because you want that customer experience to be positive and not say, well, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't have enough people to man our front end right. or, you know, so we're adding self-checkouts. We're doing all these other things so that we can meet tomorrow's needs today. And you've got to be conscious of that kind of stuff. This may be a strange question, but staying on this bag thing is just a, an example, use yeah. case. So you have to solve the recycling or sustainability issue, you also have to be able to provide bags so that people will buy more because they'll buy more if they can carry it, especially in metropolitan areas. Yes. But there's also second uses for bags, um, kitty litter and, and all the things that people use plastic bags for that they're, they're going to have a problem with, they have to find other solutions for. How much are you thinking about those second uses that have nothing to do with the main reason you're providing people's bags? And thinking about how you can get ahead of that and potentially be a solution provider in, in, in using this as an example. Well, you caught me off guard on that one because uh, I hadn't thought about that perspective. Um, I had a th- I thought about how I could make that bag usable for a picnic okay. or, you know, how I'm going to take some treats and, and that kind of thing as, as it uh, goes out in the marketplace. Halloween and those kind of things. How do I make that bag multi-purpose? Yeah. So that it has my brand name on it, right? And when that consumer's at, it, at out in a picnic or someplace, yeah. it's carrying that brand with me of pride. That makes uh, sense. But I didn't think about about kitty litter. Well, and worst case like scenario, that. like yeah, getting I out there and saying, "Here, here are other solutions for that that are for sale." Sell. Yeah. And we understand you're going to have this problem, consumer. So we've made sure that we're now carrying this solution for yeah. you. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 and I'll, I'll give you to expand upon that right now because of March 1st being the, the New York state laws, we're actually creating about seven different bags hmm. that the consumer can type. So there's a, a cloth type. There's a more sustainable bag. There's a vinyl bag. There's a, a much bigger bag than there's insulation bags. So we have a portfolio of seven bags we're sourcing to make Uh-oh. sure that consumer has multiple mm-hmm. choices because they may want to carry two or three. These, these, bags that you first mentioned that are cloth and on or uh, screen kind of base they're very lightweight and easy easy enough and then what are their use bases can they can they sustain mm-hmm. 125 shopping experiences oh, versus yeah. these other ones and well, we, we're looking at, at both of that and then to make sure that when you put cold in the cold storage or hot in a hot storage and those kind of things and then long term how does that fit in the shopping cart for the future how do you how do we make sure that those bags manage what a shopping cart looks like because, you know, people, you now will stack inside those uh, plastic bags, not recyclable, reusable, I'm sorry, bags. It can, they're they're going to stack those. So how do you make that stackable so that the weight factor is, is uh, sustainable for a consumer? Because consumers don't want to lift up a 20-pound bag yeah. above a shopping cart, especially an elderly person. 
Right. So what's the experience like for the consumer? So they're checking out one of your stores in New York, and they can literally select from seven bags that are all available there? And they're paying for some of them, presumably, yes. right? Or paying right. for all of them? Well, we're charging. Uh, we're, ironically, we're going to do some free. We're handing out. So we want that consumer to understand the law has changed. Here's the, the new law. Mm-hmm pursuant to what you have to be responsible for. And then, then we're going to sell a 10-cent bag, a 50-cent bag, a dollar bag, a dollar ninety-nine bag, a two ninety-nine bag. <laughs> you know, it depends upon, you know, what that consumer is looking for. Right. And give you experience, I went to CVS just up the street here, and they said, do you want a bag? And I said, yes. And he said, 10 cents, please. Yeah. yeah. You yeah know, well, I'm I, used to that living in California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still amazed, sorry to get off topic, but I'm still amazed that a company like McDonald's, for example, hasn't used the opportunity to say, you know what we're going to do? Um, see, because even if you go in store now, like I'm going to dine in, they don't package it any differently. It's the same exact packaging. They're just doing it from a data standpoint, but it's the same packaging. So I get a bag that gets wasted Yes. Uh, even if I'm eating in store, which is preposterous. So what if they were to say, you have to ask for a bag now, or, or uh, we'll give it to you, or whatever, right? And um, and our object, or if you say no bag, we're going to take X cents off of your, well, a bag's probably like one-tenth of a cent or something for them. It's probably volume. more expensive than you think. Okay. A paper bag at a grocery store is about 10 cents. Okay, so let's say, what, anyway, the point is, is they could use this as a massive marketing campaign, I would think. Of course, I don't understand any of the finances or logistics that go into this, but I'm saying they use it as a massive marketing campaign to say, we're yes. doing something practical yeah. here, yeah. making it easier for you and wasting less and you know, using less bags. And of course, the company will spend less on bags because they can probably calculate about how many they won't have to buy, et cetera. So I'm very surprised that company, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any company doing something like this saying, you know. Yeah, I, I, think, I think people like McDonald's and all of the fast food chains are really... Uh, working as fast as they can because of the labor shortage. So they're looking at technology with touch screens and all those kind of things that can enhance having a labor sh- shortfall in, in their operations. I think once they tackle that, I think you're going to see this earth-friendly, yeah, uh, right. how, how can I apply that to uh, the rest of my product yeah. line? Because you know we're, we're looking at that too because sustainability to us is very critical. It's not just zero footprint as you know, Kroger announced that they were going to have zero waste, zero footprint right. by 2025. I don't know that they ever make that, but the point is it's nice to have a goal. So we have those same aspirations. We have goals to reduce our carbon footprint, you know, our energy and everything else because it o- overall helps our company in sustainability, mm-hmm. but also helps our cost and profitability. All right. You know, let me pivot a little bit on that. So, you know, you're the VP of advertising and marketing and public relations for Weiss Markets. Um, but in order to be effective in your public relations, okay. 200 whatever store, is it 200 stores? Yes. 200 stores over how many states is that? We're in seven states. Okay, so you're in seven states. And, and frankly, each state has its own regional um, attitude and culture that, that you know. Well said. New, well, look, New York people are different than the Bayou. You know, it just yeah. is different. Think differently, communicate differently. So my question is, how, how do you, as a company, let's say, is, is focused on a sustainability initiative, let's say, how do you make sure that in order to be effective with your public communication, you align, you and the other executives align internally your thousands of employees across seven states 
so that they are educated enough and in the thought process and the ethos to participate and support so that your public communication rings true in the way that people experience inside the stores and even the way management managers are behaving and, and holding their employees accountable. How do you communicate internally in a way that's effective to make sure your job gets done well? That, that is a great question. Well, first of all, we have a, a software platform that every store can go to and get the latest. So every week, on a two, every day of the week at 10 a.m., we have a communication that goes out to the store. Mm. Then there is uh, every Friday at, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there's a major publication. And so it gives them all insights. Then we have, we, we have districts. Well, each district has about 15 stores. So we have district manager meetings, and then we have store manager meetings. But it's all we communicate with them everything that's going on inside the community, what we see, and then they give us feedback from their perspective because they're the ones that are local. They're living that and breathing that every day. They hear from the, uh, the city or the communities and what's taking place and all that kind of stuff, and that bubbles back up to us, and then we have to react to that to make sure that we're we're uh, being the best corporate citizens we can in those communities. So those messages go out to everybody, not everybody. just the store manager, but yes. the baggers, the stockers, the deli. The store manager's empowered to tell all his or her employees in the store, we call them associates, um, of what they uh, need to know today or tomorrow or next week and that kind of stuff. Whether it's seasonality, where there's some critical event, where there's community involvement, whether something's happened politically that we need to be conscious of that uh, just is taking shape. What's the message of Weiss markets these days, other than the sustainability of the, the bag issue that we were talking about? What, what is your message right now, and how did that come to be formulated at this moment? Well, you know, we're a 108-year-old company, so in the Weiss family, third generation. Um, so uh, Jonathan Weiss is a very, very sharp individual. Uh, he, he just believes in the community, believes in his people. Uh, we just had our state of the company. We had 1,400 employees, uh, associates as we call them, uh, come to that meeting and tell them what's going on for 2020 and beyond wow. uh, and how profitable our year was. And we, and we thank them uh, for, for participation. So, so we, we get that message out from a big communication. Um, but it's so critical because we believe in the community. We started in the community. And it's one of the pillars of what we think about. And then we also look at... Um, what's new in market trends and how we can be there. So, uh, and we, we want to make sure that we're, we're going to be that next hundred years be there. So what does it take to be, to be that retailer that's sustainable, not just in that sustainability product, but in sales and goals and profits in our retail environment? Because you have to. You know, we compete against a lot of foreign companies. Um, there's Allhold out there. There's Lytles out there. There's Aldi out there. There's um, uh, uh, Delhaize out there. Not counting anything else that's in this area. So we have to think about what the foreigner uh, companies are trying to do and infiltration into our, our uh, marketplace and what products and services they're bringing to bear that may be different than what we have typically have seen. So we stay very conscious of the products, category management, merchandisers, knowing what products to bring into stores and not take in the store, then we're very conscious about our health and wellness initiative to our customers and how do, how do we make sure that we have the right products because diabetes is growing, obesity and every, all these other health initiatives. We want to make sure that we're there to meet the customers' demands for tomorrow. Yeah, I love the community emphasis. I mean, I grew up in my family supermarket, and it really was all about the people it and really serving was. this people right. and knowing them and you know getting them the products that they liked. 
How is technology changing that for you guys, or is it at all? Well, you know, Sterling, the interesting question, because, you know, back in the, in the early days, you knew your store, you knew your customers, you knew them by name, you knew what they wanted and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But believe it or not, technology is giving you that same answer. I know that customer as soon as they scan that card or if, if you're a top shopper, I know who you are when you walk in the door. I know yeah. exactly what to give you. I know exactly what to make sure that you want. And I better have that available in stock yeah. and hot and ready if, if that's what your, uh, your preference is. Uh, so, so today it brought us back to the original days of thinking about that because technology uh, gives us the ability to do that. Yeah, I love that. It's almost like, um, like you say, bringing us back, but at scale with the at use scale. of technology. Right. Yeah, any particular kinds of technologies you're using or focused on that really enable that? I mean, obviously scanning the card at the point of sale, but any yeah. communication tools or anything? Well, yes. Uh, as you know, AI is everywhere. And, and everywhere. Especially at this show, yeah, like every right. booth says AI. <laughs> yes. And if you're not in AI, you're probably uh, missing the boat because... It's cheap enough, it's economical enough, and yet it's, it's uh, robust enough to meet that customer's need of talking to the customer, making sure that you're giving them exactly what, what they need and what they're asking for at the touch point that they're looking for. Yeah. And as you know, we added in our stores, we got 177 uh, delivery stores out of 200. Mm -hmm. We have 155 curbside pickups out of that. So wow. we're meeting tomorrow's needs today to make sure no matter how you want your product, that we want to be there for tomorrow's services. And that technology all enables that uh, in a simplistic way back to the original roots of our companies. Ron, what are you seeing? Uh, you don't have to name names, but what are you seeing out there uh, or what is your team seeing out there that other similar retailers are doing really well that you look to and you say, we need to be doing more of that or that's an exciting direction that we're going to take ourselves also. And again, I don't mean to put you in the position of naming a, a brand, but is there anything you can think of that that inspires your company despite its 108-year history? I, I think we have, you know, you hear the statistics and whatever, which one you want to quote, but, you know, 67% of consumers don't know what's for dinner tonight. And you really got to be thinking about that. How do I solve that customer's question in their mind? And what are the goods and services, hot prepared meals, cold meals, whatever that yeah. is, for that dinner tonight? Because, you know, when Blue Apron came out and HelloFresh and all those kind of things, I was like, but that's the grocery industry. We gave that away. And, and now, of course, they're, they're going to perish. They're all perishing yeah. because it didn't make sense because we had the same products in our store, ready to go, prepared. And all we, did, we didn't tell the customer about it. So it's complete meal solutions, and how do I have dinner for you? And you may like chicken, and, and Sterling may like steak, so we got to have both prepared and ready yeah. so that it's a complete family or a bundled solution for you. How do you find that balance between being responsive to whatever that consumer wants? They may want chicken, they may want fish, they want vegetable, whatever. And also the people that just like want to be like, tell me what I'm going to have. Uh, because I don't want to think about it. Like, how do you say, like, like how do you how do you have Weiss Market say, like, here's what we're having for dinner tonight. And if you want to have the same thing, and then you have all these ingredients sort of lined up for them, easy to yeah. grab, so they can just here's a recipe. Yeah, here like you that. go. Yeah. How do you how do you find that strike that balance between being that's, responsive that's a really fresh and being question. a leader? That is a really really fresh question, and, and it spurs me to think about it this way. 
you, you take what's in the weekly circular, and you know, with BI, uh, with AI, it actually gives you that ability. Oh, here's to what talk. you could do with that. Here's what you can do with that. That's a great yeah. idea. And here's that meal solution. And by the way, I can bundle it. So if you want soft drinks to go with your chicken, to go with your salad, to go with th- yeah. this meal, I'll give it to you all for this one price. Yeah. And here it is because it's in the ad. It's on on deal. And by the way, there's two coupons available that that's uh, from Inmar or wherever yeah. they came from. And we're going to give those discounts to you and pass them right to you. And if you want to, I'll deliver it to your house, ready and, pre- and prepared for eat for dinner. Yeah, it goes back to that personalized yeah, experience for everybody. Exactly. And you use technology yeah. to do it at scale. To do it with you. That's All you got to do is add drones into that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen those at this show, yeah. by the way. No, which I'm surprised about because. Um, at um, last year in Vegas at Shop Talk, which uh-huh. uh, if you're familiar with Shop Talk, yep. uh, they um, I interviewed a guy uh, who's actually from Israel. He's actually involved with Israel's uh, commercial space program, but he also is the founder of a drone company that already had uh, pilots uh, a pilot program in practice uh, wow. down in southern states. Where they were using drones for local delivery, wow. and I of grocery I, items, I, uh, grocery and um, and restaurant uh, items and so forth. And I mean, they they can only take so much. You can't get like fifteen bags of groceries and have a Correct. drone delivered yeah. in one <laughs> drop. But you could say, oh, you know what? I need mayonnaise and ketchup and lemons, and you could order it, and then in X number of minutes. A drone flies to your backyard and lowers them down, and you detach them, and this drone drives up. And by the way, I vetted this guy to the end of tomorrow with every <laughs> question I could think of. At the end, I was like, "You guys have thought of everything." Yeah. I mean, they even like have, have like an air traffic control s- s- uh, strategy and everything like that. Uh, anyway, there really was no question attached to that. Other than- <laughs> well, I, I, I do think I think dro- drones will have its place. I think it's years off right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, uh, concept's fantastic, uh, and w- what the marketplace offers. Yeah. You know, I-, I think I think drones actually may even be in the grocery store in the sense that, you know, uh, as I as I see it, like a, a big 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 store, it's a hundred plus thousand square feet. Everything's going to be picked in the back and then brought to a central location Absolutely. where a customer's just going to take it. They may want to pick out their fresh tomatoes yeah. and strawberries and those kind of things. Yeah. But beyond that, all the central goods is going to uh, come to one location. Yeah. How do you Absolutely. think consumers are going to respond to that? I mean, it's one thing to get a text message or yeah. be using technology in the store, things we're familiar yeah. with, but drones, like that's a whole nother level. Do you yeah. think your consumers especially would be open to that or interested or what's the response going to be? Well, it's like this smartphone that we all got. Right. Uh, how it's, it's evolved. <laughs> yeah. so, sure. so we all much. drink so the Kool-Aid sooner or later. We all drink the Kool-Aid sooner or later, right, you know. Yeah, I think I think it'll happen, and uh, you know it may not be uh, you know three years, five years. Who knows what? I don't have that crystal ball. Well, I, I think you're right, and autonomous delivery yeah. in all shapes and forms, not just drones, but the robots on the sidewalks and the autonomous vehicles on the streets. It's just yeah. a matter of time. Matter Very of time. much so. Very blessed to be at Wise Markets, who really uh, looks at the consumer and thinks about them and local and meeting that needs for a local customer, and uh, hopefully we'll be here another yeah. hundred years. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so uh, as we always like to do on this show, I'll wrap up with a little bit more of a look at you as a human as opposed to uh, VP of uh, Advertising and Marketing and Public Relations. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll invite you to participate as well, Sterling, if you like, but I, I'd like to uh, throw a personal question your way if I could. Yes, sir. Um, so, you know, you, you travel a lot going to things like this and to shop talk and all these other uh, learning opportunities and, and strategic investigation opportunities and so forth. 
every city you go to, it, it's it's tough to stay grounded sometimes because you are in these artificial environments that we're in in an expo like this. Um, how do you make sure that every city that you go to, that you make sure you still feel like you? What do you do that keeps you connected to yourself and, and, and your roots as you travel a lot? I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I love what I do. Uh, I, I'm very passionate about the grocery industry, and, uh, and I believe that uh, I, I care about my company and, and its success and the people that I work for. I have a fantastic team of people I'm surrounded with and the people I work with. So I, I have this comfort level that, that the people behind that I've left back at the office are doing their jobs and they're working hard, and if they need me, they're going to call me or, or have that you know uh, urgent call or communications back to me at any time. They know they can call me if they need me. Um, but So I have that comfort level. So when I come to this conference, I'm pretty much focused on what I want to see, what I want to do, and what are the initiatives that kind of make sense that could be deployed in our company that could help us grow or get to that next level or whatever that is. So I have a great comfort level because I care about the people and I like the people I work with. How long have we known each other? Like 20 years, something about like 20 that? 20 years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's always been great about knowing you, Ron? And I've known you through several different retailers that you've worked with and you've always done some amazing things way and back when gary wrote his first book that's actually. right right gary's my dad by the way okay right <laughs> your focus on people and the community is something that i've heard just ever present is there something that you experienced as a kid that led you in that direction or we i've been blessed to have a wonderful dad like you have yeah. um and um you know my father's passed away but he taught me as a young child put me in Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and, you know, and I went up through the rankings and he always told me is to treat others the way you wanted to be treated. And I took that to heart from my father because he, he was very passionate um, fellow, loved our family. I'm one of five boys and he treated us all uh, like, you know, I mean, he wanted to spend time with us, be with us, do things with us. And it was just a loving environment, you know? Yeah. And um, so I, I, I took that passion with me and my caring nature and my religious background and uh, about that is to treat people the way I'd want to be treated. And I hope that I have experienced that. I can't say I'm 100% that way, but I try in every case to, to give back and be supportive in all roles. Because we're all human beings and we all care. Uh, and, we, and we want to be recognized sometimes for the, for the efforts and elements that, that, that we bring to bear. So uh, I try to do that every day. How can people connect with you directly if you'd like to invite them to or certainly with the things that your company is doing? Uh, you can reach me at Wise Markets at any time or uh, you know, through text or email, any of those uh, type of opportunity. Would you like uh, to invite people to contact you by email? They certainly can, yes. And what is your email address? Our email is R-B-O-N-A-C-C-I at Wise Markets, W-E-I-S-M-A-R-K-E-T-S dot com. All right, Ron Bonacci, VP of Advertising and Marketing and Public Relations at Wise Markets, a wise man. And, uh, and I, uh, congratulations on the success of your company that you work for, but also thank you very much for joining us here at uh, NGA. Thank it's you a, very much, Mark. Great. Thanks, Sterling. Thanks, Ron. Right. And uh, much th yeah, thank you, Sterling. Thanks for joining. It's been great to be here with you, Mark. All right. That's it for this episode. Really appreciate everybody listening. I'm Mark Rakel on location at NGA in San Diego. Until next time, have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Grocery is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Thank you for listening.
This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice.